time has come. The climax of Bummer Summer. Requiem for a dream. Welcome to Rotten Potatoes. A podcast with four friends who review <laughs> movies that you absolutely should have already seen. Hi, I'm your host, Zach. I'm Tyler. I'm Jake. I am really bummed. <laughs> Can I we? say... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry I messed you up, but just when you started talking, you really sounded like some guy on the Haunted Mansion it was ride. Haunted Mansion. Even, more Haunted, even Mansion more Haunted Mansion than the first take that you yeah. guys will hear later. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we tried to do this once before, and uh, for many reasons, it just didn't work out as planned. So we're, we're keeping it as uh, bonus content for you. The, yeah. the first reshoot we've had to do for anything in Rotten Potatoes. That's crew. That's, uh, tr- that's crew. That's correct yeah. and true. We're gonna we're gonna tack it on at the end of this, yeah. yeah. So all make right, sure you cool. listen all the way through the end credits. And I gotta say, I got some sweet video of Zach just getting amped uh, to that music uh, before we we started. So we'll we'll drop that on the gram for you guys. I'm amped for this movie. I it's know a, it's a fun time. <laughs> I know you're mostly being sarcastic. I do actually love this movie. I'm just gonna get that out of yeah, the way here. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. So I I was not excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. However, I I think it's a good movie. Although I do have to say, Jake and I were talking about this last night. As bummer as bummer summer has been, it I feel like you completely nuke bummer summer when we're in a few months doing Schindler's List. Oh yeah, I I totally just make bummer summer <laughs> like look it like takes a, yeah it, it just a joke. Yeah, you picked th- the most bummer event in history. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Hey, I didn't pick it. You picked it. I didn't pick the time. The the movie picked the time period. Tyler was doing it for Depression December, though. Yeah, Depression December. Ooh, Depression December. I'm excited. I don't think mine's very depressing. I mean, I think uh, both of my picks in December, I think I have two in December, and they're they're both sad. How do you have two in December? Uh, He only has one. Oh. Your last... Actually, Schindler's List is going to end up being in November. It's oh, okay. the last week of November. Okay. So, so no. So it's in remember. No, November. no right. happy November. <laughs> <laughs> no happy November. Yeah. But we're still in bummer summer, so let's we not are. get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. And you might probably do not know from that audio clip that we are. We did watch Requiem for a Dream. We watched Requiem for... I, we enjoyed Requiem for a Dream. We didn't just watch it. Some of us did. We experienced Requiem for a Dream. I don't think that anybody enjoyed it. I, Can I, I enjoy it. it. I uh, that's that's not the fun. right feeling. I rewatch scenes. Like, I'm like, this was just... <laughs> This was kinda, funny. Kind of like, like how, like when I was stuff. talking about like Napoleon Dynamite, how like if you watch a clip, it's pretty funny. So you right. just go back. Like if I'm having like a really hard day, I just like I need a little pick me up. I'll watch when he's like injecting himself in yeah. the wound. You know, yeah. a couple times, like I've had I've had a few rough days since we did this, and I just watched the mom getting shock treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Requiem for a Dream, closing out Bummer Summer. Uh, Zach, other than it just being a bad time, was there any particular reason why this is the movie you picked? Honestly, not really. I mainly just picked it for Bummer Summer's sake. Got it. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but yeah, at one point I like made a joke about watching this and, right. and Jake said, please don't make me watch it. <laughs> so then I knew that I was going to make him watch it eventually. But I do actually think that this is a good movie. I I do. I don't want to say enjoy watching it, but yeah, there's yeah. aspects of the movie that I enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, I think it's a well-made movie. 
I can you say that this is a movie you absolutely should have seen? No. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I don't even think it's a movie that should have been made. <laughs> that, that's exactly just, what I said when Tyler and I. Watched I it I actually very much disagree. I think that this is a movie. Like I think that a lot of people may be better for it. Like I I I think one of our friends has actually said like this is the movie that will like like I'm gonna show this to my kids so that they will never try drugs. Yeah, I will never show this to my kids. I, I think I would. yeah I, I will once they're a certain age yeah, yeah 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 I'm interested to know why you thought it was a good movie and I guess we'll get into yeah it. we'll get but into I it I don't I don't see it uh, so should we get to our late bloomer takes then yeah 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 let's start with our late bloomers uh, and then uh, in a little bit we'll we'll hear some facts about this but Jake you you were teed up man I would call this a bottom five movie I've ever seen in my life uh, I hate it. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> well, I, five as far as like, because here, here, I didn't like the movie. I, it actually wasn't a bummer for me, but I think it was really well made. I don't, I don't, I don't know that it needs to exist. I don't know why it exists. <laughs> uh, like I was, I was simultaneously bored and nauseous. I think that this movie <laughs> is pure pornography. Like this is just hard life porn that people have decided to call art. And I think it's sickening. I don't understand why it exists. <laughs> like, I, I, right, I man, Limbaugh coming in, Jeez. Coming in I don't like man. this is not like I don't think that this is art, but I think that is why it has its name. And I don't I'm very interested to know what you think is good about it. Don't know why it exists. OK. OK. All right. I would for the most part agree with you. I thought I, I thought it was funny that you said you were nauseous because I hated the editing in this. Um, so much of it, I was just like, I realize they're trying to just make you feel like you're on the same trip that all these people are on, but it was just, I, I didn't enjoy the movie at all. Part of it too was I was at summer camp all week and I had like no sleep. And so I was feeling some of these things already myself. <laughs> Wait, did you watch this while you were at camp? Yeah. yeah. Like one of the last nights of summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. So we, was, we watched was, this. We watched this right before we had to be up super early for load in. Nice or for load for out. Load out. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I, I get it too. Like, yeah, I don't know why we, just like focus in on the worst part of some people's existence and say it's art as well. But I don't get it. All right. I don't think that that's the that's the aspect of this that people would say makes it art. But that's yeah. what all of these like really like there's a there's a there's a sh- subgenre I feel like of these like really artsy nauseating films that like like if you've watched Parks and Rec you remember when they talked to the movie guy I forget who plays him he owns the the video rental store oh, yeah. oh, and he's God. just talking and like this is exactly that movie I think where he's just talking about like it's just disgusting and it's it, it's it's horrible to watch and for some reason that makes it good. So by that same token then uh human centipede is also art. Yeah, I haven't and seen it, but no, uh, no, but human centipede doesn't claim to be some great thing. Does this movie claim to like where have you seen that this movie claims to be some great thing? Oh, I think that's what like the like film arena says so just this. other people who have seen it and thought it was really good so then yeah that's just I mean, your I, opinion versus theirs i'm then. super interested to yeah, hear what you liked about opinions. it because i don't know what there but, is to like but about it. i i think zach's point is though that it's not that this movie like it, it's not that this movie was like trying like you, you said that this movie made itself to be something really good and i think the the with all art it is what it is 
Uh, and so it's not that it's trying to be something. It is what it is. And if people connect to it, if people appreciate it, and if people deem it art, then the, the movie didn't deem itself art. People did. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, the you know, I, 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 I can't speak for Darren Aronofsky. But like, like where people will watch it or like when it was being made, like this is gritty and real and that's why it's great. And it's not that like happy, whatever bullcrap that people like. Like, I feel like that's the kind of person that watches it. Like probably people in, in our class of society who are like fine and have never experienced these things. And like, this is real life. And this is what you're with, like, it, and I hate it. It kind of feels like you're projecting a little. I bit. think no, you're projecting. I don't a think lot. I am. I hate I, it. Like, I, I really f- think you are. It, it sounds like this is what you would assume that people would like say to you if you don't like this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say this isn't art. I think art is, like, in the arts in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. In the eye of the artist. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't. I didn't enjoy it. I don't get it. I don't see the importance of this movie at all or why it exists. But if some people like it, go for it. I'm not going to stop them. I'm not going to stop them from watching the movie. I'm not going to stop them from doing heroin. So, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> to be clear, we are not saying that doing heroin is art. <laughs> you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. That's how, you, how you have to do it. Like, oh, man. You know what? If you're an Maybe artist. You know what? If you're an artist and you want to hang out with heroin addicts and just shoot up water. You could be Jared with Leto. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could be Jared Leto because that's something he did for this film. That's, that's another beef did. that I have with this movie is Jared Leto, who I just don't like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a, as a person. I, I, I feel yeah, like but that's the very par for the course for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's a uh, that's something we've we've gotten to learn about Jake in this journey of doing this podcast is how much his opinion of actors dictates his uh, or characters uh, being portrayed. Opinion yeah. of the or, or <laughs> here's the thing. Being portrayed that is that is not true. Whole. That that affects my enjoyment of the movie. But I give Social Network like a nine. And I, I, I hate I don't Zuckerberg. think you gave it a nine. I gave it like an eight or a nine. I think you gave it like a low seven. Yeah. No, that's definitely not true. I at least gave it maybe a high seven. I gave it a 6.2. Oh, we Jay know. Gave, Jay gave it an eight. Oh, okay. okay. And you gotcha. both gave it a 10. I gave it a 6.2. Yeah. So, like, I, I so don't think Scott that's true. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, when I. Which is also par for the course. Well, no, yeah. this will be getting a worse rating than this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. When I watch this, it, I, I can't help but think of the hell that Jared Leto must have put everybody on the set through. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a weird guy. There's no questioning that. Um, so, I, I saw this movie for the first time uh, probably, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago or so. Um, and I actually got to watch the movie because I had been listening to the soundtrack like crazy. Um, and I love this soundtrack. Clinton Mansell kills it on this soundtrack. And I feel like that's honestly the thing that most people actually like art people will say about this movie, it's not so much anything else as it is the soundtrack. Like, people really love and attach to the soundtrack. I did I did like the music, and if it was on another movie, I would have been thrilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I listened to the soundtrack a ton while working, and I was like, what is this that I keep listening to? And saw that it was a, a soundtrack for a movie, and so went and watched it. And uh, this was like early exposure to Jared Leto for me as a as an actor. Like I had seen him in Fight Club before, but he has such a like I think he has what like three lines in Fight Club. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I really 
as soon as I watched this, I really did love this movie. I, I thought that it's super well made. I think I, I personally think it's a super compelling story. Um, and uh, compelling in what way? Like, what does it compel you to? Um, I would say it compels me to two things. One, it compels me to empathy. Um, because you know the the focus of this movie is about addiction of all kinds, um, and so it compels me to empathy for addicts, um, and that's something that I I really previously didn't have a lot of to be honest with you. Um, addiction's one of those things that like really up until watching this I just didn't I I didn't even have like a like a compass point for let alone empathy for. I think watching this, it, it made me realize that I do have my own vices that can be, you know, uh, addictions that I have. You know, with Sarah Goldfarb, her addiction initially being television. And I think that, like, we are all uh, contributing to my addiction of movies. <laughs> and I, I say that mostly joking, but, like... I do think that like I, I it helped me realize that and it gave me a lot of empathy for people who are addicted to uh you know to hard drugs um who I would then later go on to like have friends who have come out of some of those addictions and are now straight or sober um and yeah so I, I feel like it, it compelled me to that I, I also just think that uh the characters I'm just super uh I feel like they're they're really given a lot of like depth and fleshed out well and and i i just really connect with all with all almost all of the characters quite a bit and and really felt for them throughout um probably no one more than sarah like i think i i think i felt the most sympathy and and maybe empathy for sarah i was kind of repressing this movie as i was watching it sarah is the mom the correct? mom okay yeah, the mom yeah yeah the mom uh but anyway uh yeah, so this is only my second time watching it because I watched it. I thought it was incredible, but it's not a good time, and so it's not a movie that I'm just going to sit down and watch just for the heck of it uh, by any means, but I think that's a different... I think there are different types of movies, and there are lots of movies that I've seen once that affected me that were really impactful, and you know, most of the time those are sadder movies and that are really like gritty and intense that I won't just sit down and watch over and over and over again. But that doesn't, for me, diminish how excellent they were at what they sought out to do. And it just is difficult to watch. Like, you know, I think about, like, 12 Years a Slave. Like, mm -hmm. excellent at what it, what it tried to do. But that's not a movie that I'm just going to throw on for the heck of it. Like, that's a hard movie to watch. Um, so anyway... Those are some of my initial thoughts, having seen this movie before and watching it again this time. Yeah, I I don't think that I could <coughs> say anything better than what you just said. I, I think I agree uh, with everything you just said, and the movie compels me to the exact same things. Um, and I don't think that just because it's, it's a hard movie to watch or it glorifies any of that makes it, as good as it is, I think it's as good as it is because it's just made really well. Yeah. I think everyone, when it comes to the acting, does a really great job. 
Ellen Burstyn particularly, I think she kills it in this movie, and she even she plays the mom Sarah. Yeah, she even said that this she considers this to be uh, her best acting achievement. Um, I think it's really well directed. I I really personally enjoy Aronofsky's uh, specific style in this movie, in the quick edits and whatnot. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, would I have seen any other Aronofsky movies? No, probably not. He did Black Swan. I haven't seen it. Um, he did Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. That was kind of. It sounds like I'm not gonna. Have seen, I, I've probably heard of these movies, but I have not seen. That one. I don't think you would have seen. I've only seen this and Mother. Those are the only two I've seen from him. Um, I believe at least. I was worried that he was gonna end with Black Swan. I think that we would have. Uh, I think that it may have may have been less contentious of a movie, but way more of a bummer than this. Mm. I've yeah, I've I've heard that it's not fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's a very sad movie. But yeah, I I really like the quick edits. He shot this to to look like a hip hop music video. He mm-hmm. said, um, and to try to evoke a sense of um, like loss of control and whatnot. And I I thought that that was very engaging and compelling. I really liked it. I think the score is obviously really great. Um, I just I think that like on a technical level, it's it's really well made and really good. It tells a story that I haven't seen told in any other movie. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy watching it. And I don't know if I would necessarily say like, this is a super important story, but it's unique. And I feel like it deserves to be told. And I I think the part that uh, evokes the most empathy for me is when we see Sarah on the um, train and she's by this point crazy. And she's saying stuff like, I'm going to be on TV. Do you know, like, you know, where's the studio or whatever she's saying. And, the, the passengers are just writing her off because I feel like we've all had those experiences where there's been a homeless person who's just saying crazy stuff and we are just trying to remove ourselves from that situation. And I mean, I know myself, I am not looking at that kind of person and really wondering where they came from, how they got to that point. And I love how we, we see that happen with Sarah, her story, how yeah. she got to that point. Um, and it's really heartbreaking. Uh, I love how it's quirky. I feel like is the wrong word, but it, it definitely, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it definitely could have been not so weird in the way that it told the story, but it kind of leaned into some of the weird, like with the, like the fridge coming to life and, and all that stuff. And I, I like those parts of it. I really like a lot of, uh, the cinematography that was used at times. It almost kind of felt like Aronofsky and then the cinematographer are just seeing what works, just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks because they're evoking a lot of different types of techniques. But a lot of them I really like. Specifically, I loved when they would use the fixed camera on the face. And I we didn't would, like that. Oh, I loved that. I thought it was yeah. so cool. And like it, it created this emotion, like this claustrophobic emotion in me that I loved. Like those those were the parts that like I legitimately like would rewind and rewatch. Like I just thought they were so creative and well done. Wait, were you being serious when you said you watched close from this? That was a joke. Okay. But that those like when I was watching it this time through, like I actually did go back and rewatch like I think it's the scene with um Marion, I believe is Jennifer Connolly's yeah, character. Yeah. Marion. When she's leaving it was it her therapist? I think her old therapist or something. Oh, that, that guy oh. that she uses for money. Yeah. Um, she's leaving his apartment, and and she's walking down. And it's, it's specifically she's walking down the hall, and she's like all the way down the hall. But he shuts the door, and the sound that they use makes it sound like she's right 
like she just left the apartment like the door's right behind her like it's a really interesting way that they did the sound in that scene and then she walks outside and throws up i thought that was such like a compelling scene like it just drew me in and i had to like rewatch it I hope I never see any shot of this movie again. And I so I, I feel like the I disagree with with what you said earlier in that like I think if you were to say like what's like a bad time porn, I would say like Human Centipede, where it's like it's not well made, it's it's not it's not reflecting any real human stories at all. It's just it's it's torture porn, and it's just anyone who's gonna watch this movie, it's just for the shock value. That's it. And by your same definition, that would make that art. Whereas I think this, these are real human stories that like happen to real people. And it's, it's done in a very intentional and in my opinion, well executed way. And I don't even want to say like, it sounds so pretentious to say like, and that's what makes it art. But I think that's what makes it effective. And that's what makes it a good movie. I wasn't saying that I think either. I was just saying this is what I feel like people will call it that. And maybe it's that there's annoying, dumb fans of the movie who have, you know, ruined. uh, Yeah, I mean, like, it's like Star Wars. They've, like, like fetishized it. Yeah, like, like Star Wars can be, Star Wars fans can be some of the most annoying fans on Earth. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Star Wars is terrible just because their fans, like, ruin it. You know, like, sometimes people ruin the the things that they love or like Rick and Morty fans. Oh, that's what I was going to say is I, I mean, I'm saying it publicly here, but I, I generally hide the fact that I watch Rick and Morty because I don't want people to think I'm that person. Yeah. Um, but no, all that to say, I do think this is a really good movie. I think it's really well made. Um, it, it makes me experience something that only this movie can make me experience. And I always consider that a win if the movie can do that. And so I I do think I'm better for it. It really does give me empathy for addicts, specifically the people who kind of fall backwards into addiction like Sarah Goldfarb, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my take. She was really the only one that I felt anything for. I felt just terrible for her. Yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I guess I felt terrible for everybody. I shouldn't say that. Uh, but I just felt terrible. But you know, her specifically, I was like, man, she just doesn't know what she's doing at all. And she yeah. just got into it. Um, but shoot, man, I could feel nausea from a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this movie to feel it. Yeah. But I mean, it, that, like, I don't know. It's it's funny that, like, you say that you felt, like, kind of nauseous. And I know that's kind of an unpleasant experience. But, like, to me, that's, like, impressive if a movie can, like, evoke that kind of emotion from, like, a viewer, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it kind of cracked me up at one point. It, I think it was uh, – I'm, I'm trying to remember what part it was. Oh, I think it was when Sarah uh, is institutionalized, uh, like when she's first institutionalized and uh-huh. really kind of mistreated. Yeah. Uh, at least I think that, like, they're giving us her perspective. Um, like, I don't think that the nurses or orderlies were, like, intentionally mistreating her. I think that, like, we're sort of seeing this through her eyes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just very confused and, you know, doesn't know what's going on. And uh, I remember I was just, like, all knotted up. Like, my chest was so tight. And, yeah. like, I just, uh, like, I was feeling so much. And, like, Scott, like, chuckled at one point, And I was like, what were you laughing at? And he was like, I just couldn't care less about any of these people. And it was just like, I don't, how? Like, I, I was so, 
Like I was so physically affected by 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 this movie. Yeah, how did this movie not bum you out, Scott? Because it was nothingness. What do you What do you mean by that? It didn't evoke any emotion in me. Part of it was I was tired. All okay. Week. Like I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. I didn't, sure. It didn't get my full hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, I you, didn't. You feel, went in a little bit of a chore to watch this. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel anything for any of these characters. I was thinking about it being a movie the entire time I was watching it. The editing pulled me out so much. Gotcha. I was like, all the side by side sheet scenes and the way they were oh, like lighting. I hated that. Oh, I loved I that. Loved so I hated it so I, much. I hated the tracking shot where they had like the chest cam looking up at the face. Oh, oh this is all the gosh. stuff I loved no. about it. And I, I think I, I, I'm trying to remember. I was trying to look it up and I, I couldn't find it. I, I can't remember what that type of a rig is called. But I think I remember reading once upon a time that uh, Aronofsky invented that camera rig. Okay. Uh, to like a wear, you know, wearable camera so that the whole environment around them moves. But yeah. So we see it a couple of times. We see it with Sarah, and then we see it with uh, Marlon Wayans when he's running from yes. the shooting. Yeah. And that shot, oh my gosh. It's it awesome. Is so impressive. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> why? Do you, do you like know why you didn't? It, it, I. I could never invest in any part of the story. Interesting. Like, I was never emotionally invested. I mean, I, I would say the closest I got to caring about anyone was uh, the, the older lady. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it was something that a doctor told her to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I loved, like, I, th I would say that this is direction as much as it is writing, but I loved when she first went into the doctor's office and the doctor walks in, never even looks at her. And prescribes her medication, and then she comes back, and she is clearly yeah. tripping out. Like, I mean, she's like, you know, flinching. Her hand <clears throat> movements are erratic, and like, if he would have just looked up at her, yeah, he would have. It was plain as plain as the the nose on her face that there was something very wrong, and he just writes a script for Valium, and hands it to her without looking. At, like, I thought that was really, like, sad. Yeah. But also, I think, like, I, I, I think it was poignant. You know, I think that, like, you know, I think that they were addressing, you know, that even then, but still, I think today, like, w we're talking a lot in news about, like, the opioid epidemic and how, you know, we got to where we are. And part of it was that. And I mean, this was in 2000 that, that they were pointing to that, that we do live in a, a society that's a little bit over-prescribed sometimes mm -hmm. um, or too quickly prescribed medication that, like, in her case was amphetamines. Like, that was a, a really heavy drug that she was prescribed for diet pills by a doctor who never even looked at her. Yeah. She did lose some weight, though. She did, 25 pounds. And that's just the beginning. She can zip up the dress. That that red dress. Did you guys notice how uh, I I wasn't sure I I almost went back, but uh, I was tired as well, along with Scott. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a different. It had to be like from a prop standpoint, a different red dress. It looked different to me. Yeah, because by the end, like the collar just looked more like a worn out sweater. But I think it was just you know trying to like show that she had been living in it for probably a month. You know, living mm -hmm. in the dress. Yeah. But uh, man, that was that was intense and sad to see. Yeah, definitely. 
props to uh props to Ellen Burstyn as well. Oh yeah. Um, uh, we were reading that uh, she, in addition to having to have that camera mounted on her for certain sequences, um, she would spend four hours every morning being fitted with prosthetics, wearing four different necks, I guess different like weights, um, two different fat suits. One was forty pounds and uh, the other was twenty pounds, and then nine different wigs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I looked at I didn't get the chance to watch them. I always try and watch uh, the like extras that come with movies, like the behind the scenes stuff before yeah. we record. Um, but I didn't get the chance to with this one. But like almost all of them were about her. They were all yeah. centered around her. Did we do the just the facts no. for this movie? I was gonna oh, ask, like, how much did this movie make? Because I no, feel like uh, you couldn't. I, don't, I feel like you couldn't pay me enough. Yeah, so I'm gonna go in reverse order since we were just talking about her. But Ellen Burstyn was actually nominated for Best Actress, but didn't win. Uh, it came out uh, October 6, 2000. Directed by we've talked about it, uh, Darren Aronofsky. Written by Hubert uh, Shelley. Uh, uh, she wrote a book, or he wrote a book, and then Aronofsky did the screenplay. Uh, Runtime was 102 minutes. The other guys gave this a 79%. IMDb gave it an 8.3. Uh, had a budget of four and a half million and made 7.3 million. It's shocking to me. This might be the first time we've done a movie that IMDb rated higher than the other guys. I don't think so. I feel like IMDb is always lower than the other guys. I, I maybe I don't I don't think that that's true, but it might be. It might be. Um, I think that IMDb typically tracks a little bit more with like like crash also was higher on imdb yeah okay i I think i think that imdb typically tracks with like filmies more than the other guys do like so like people that people that imdb people that uh, yeah (laughs) people that like uh are self-proclaimed critics uh, will like take time to go review movies to on just IMDb. really. It's not quite as bad as Letterboxd, but <laughs> really love Shawshank Letterboxd Redemption. Is super pretentious. Notebook, yeah. Notebook was yeah. a lot higher actually, huh. because the other guys gave a Notebook fifty three percent. Remember? Oh yeah, I sent very corrected. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not common though. Yeah, it's not common. It's not common, especially with the movies we've done. Yeah, but I would say you're probably right in general. It's uncommon. Um, yeah. Uh, so. I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys about uh, in particular uh, Jennifer Connelly's performance because like I really like I I thought she did a, a particularly good job like I think Jared Leto was just Jared Leto a little bit like mm-hmm. I I believed his I believed his character the whole time but Jennifer Connelly was the one where she felt like along with the mom. It felt like she was drugged down by Harry a little bit. Like we saw her descent into madness where we kind of like pick up with him and Ty are already kind of strung out. Yeah. And him in particular. But her, I felt like she went from being like adjusted to being absolutely like controlled by by her need for heroin. I'm trying to remember. I feel like she was at least a little bit off. At the beginning, right? Like there was some things about her, and it, she was using heroin, right? She was. She okay. was already a she user. Was, she was using. Her and Harry were like from the very beginning. They she was using with him, but uh, like maybe not to the extent where like initially it was him always like pushing like, hey, let's let's get high, let's get high, let's get high, and like one time in particular, like they were on the they were on the like rock jetty. 
and he was like, oh, let's let's get high. And she's like, uh, it's a little early. Like, you know, maybe we should just enjoy the day, you know. Um, and then by the end, she was, you know, as bad, if not worse off than than any of them. Well, maybe except for the mom. The mom was the worst <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, she was institutionalized. Yeah. yeah. She was institutionalized due to uh, prescription medication. But at least being institutionalized, she has a shot of coming back to normalcy a little bit. Doesn't seem like it. it. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. That seemed like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest hospital. Yeah, (laughs) it was. And also, like the I I, like she finally had a good doctor by the end. Like the the doctor in the institution seemed like an actually attentive physician. Uh, But like he told her like we've tried literally everything and you're not responding to any treatment. Like she was done. Like she was, her brain was totally cooked by, by the amphetamines. And just by all the shocking, I imagine. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure that didn't help. I mean, it it is like, to be clear, like I don't want to just totally throw medicine under the bus. Like ECT, like I think still is like used in some cases. Like it is a, like an actual therapy. Really? Yeah. It's just, it was misused super early on, like mm-hmm. in the 40s and 50s, it was super misused. Mm-hmm. And it's misused then pretty recently still, too. Like Mike Pence. Is that a joke or was no, that? A, the oh, I don't know. I, the yeah. previous vice president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Electroshock therapy to... Oh, to in conversion camps. Yep. Yeah, conversion camps. Ooh. That's um, that's uh, heavy stuff right that there. That bummed me out more than anything <laughs> we yeah. just that's talked about. Real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our vice president <laughs> to try to get people to not be gay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is like a, a legitimate therapy that gets used. And like this for this doctor, for her, like he was like, this is our this is the only treatment left at our disposal. We've tried everything Mm -hmm. else and we have seen some results with this. So but I don't know if she really had informed consent at that point because she couldn't even sign her name. Yeah, she was done. But no, I thought Jennifer Connelly did a good job. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was it was honestly it, it it was tough for me to look past my distaste and think about a lot of the performances while I was doing it. Uh, but I imagine she did good. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine. imagine you watched the movie. You, you know she did better in this than in Blood Diamond. I'll say that she definitely did better than this. You don't think that like she didn't a- 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 say anything like nine out of ten ex boyfriend surveyed? <laughs> Are, you Are you still in Kono? Are you Kono? still in Kono? <laughs> yeah i i liked her performance way better in this than in blood yeah. diamond yeah yeah uh i would say i liked blood diamond more than this movie uh, w- the movie or <laughs> jennifer as connelly as a total okay we were sure, talking about sure. yeah jennifer connelly but yeah um, it's hard to use a like with this movie. Like, I feel like you have to define what you mean by like when you say I like this movie. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does. It does require a parenthetical. Enjoy yeah. it. Took something from it. Feel better for having watched it. Yeah. All those things. Uh-huh. Less. <laughs> Got it. Got it. You took less. You came away with less. I feel than before. I feel like I'm less of a person. <laughs> you yeah. gave to the it. movie. This yeah. movie took something from me. <laughs> I didn't give it. It took it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, I, at least I uh, accomplished what I set out to with Bummer Summer. Except I, I, w- I wasn't actually bummed. Like I was just like that's surprising and a little telling. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like, why you. am I wasting my time with this? Got it. I, I had to get the taste out of my mouth, but then I, I was hanging out with my girlfriend afterwards, and she really liked 
Goosebumps and they just released this like Fear Street uh-huh. movie, which was like uh, the young adult Goosebumps. And uh, I hated that movie. But if you said watch Fear Street 10 times or watch uh, Requiem for a Dream once, I would say I'll watch Fear Street 10 times. <laughs> I, I mean, to be clear, I want to be fair. I agree with you. I don't want to go watch this movie again. That's, but that's not a litmus test for me for whether or not it was a good movie. You know, so I'm I'm curious. Obviously, this was not a bummer for Scott. So I want to know what you guys like. What was the most bummer movie for you guys? Then a Ever? bummer summer throughout bummer summer oh, throughout bummer summer. Uh, Million Dollar Baby made me the most sad for sure. The most sad. Yeah. Like like I I was sad. I was bummed out. Like I walked away from this movie and I just felt kind of gross. I didn't yeah. feel bummed. I was like this. I feel gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I I don't really want to do anything for the rest of the day. But I need I just need to shake this off. You know. Uh, and then I did. I was fine. Like it, it wasn't lasting, but at the time I was like, man, I, that ruined my whole day. Uh, <laughs> it, it just, it didn't last as long as I thought it would, but million dollar baby I finished and I was sad. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably agree with that. And I, I think I liked the terminology used as like gross versus bummed. Like this didn't bum me out. I had no emotional connection with any of these people. I didn't care about any of these things. It didn't make me sad, but I did not enjoy watching it. That's still I I don't. This was understand. the biggest for Yeah, me. you you really watching, you really won on this one. Watching for me. Sarah Goldfarb, just her life just descend into utter. Oh, yeah, like really bummed me out. We've you know we've what? got we've got her life wasn't about. that great before. I no, but yeah, but she was sane. Yeah, we've got to talk about though because Jake has a good point. Like I think the the like most excellent part of this movie, the most excellent moment of this movie was her monologue when she's yeah. talking to Harry uh-huh. about like how she's, you know, uh, how these pills make her feel. It makes her want to like smile when the sun's out that she has nothing in her life to make her happy. She's alone. Yeah. And, but like, you know, she's going to be on TV and so people like her now and yeah. like that whole, her delivery on that, like, it really hit me like that felt like a that felt like a, a real the character felt so much like a real person than a the character that an actor was portraying. You know, a, uh, when we were talking, I I think I forgot all about that scene, but that was a very sad scene. But like when we were even talking about it before, you're like her monologue. And then I was like, I don't remember her monologue at all. Maybe it just yeah. made me too sad to remember. Did, but but me like saying those things, it jogged your memory. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. And I that was. Well, apparently, like, even in the cut that you see in the movie, like, the camera drifts a little bit, and it's because the cinematographer was crying while they filmed that scene. Oh, wow. And he didn't even notice that he, like, let the camera drift. Oh. Yeah. He he was just so in the moment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I watched that scene, and, like... I call my mom every day, and my mom is not living alone. And I finished that, and I was like, I should probably call my mom. I need to call my mom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. It did. It made me feel that, too. And, like, I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I talk to my mom regularly. Um, but it did. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. Like, I I need to I need to make sure I, I take care of my mom. Yeah. All right, another question for you guys. What was worse? The scene in Zodiac when the Zodiac... <laughs> stabs the, the people by the river or Harry injecting heroin into his Harry injecting infected heroin <laughs> vein. Was so, it was so gross. 
That was so intense. It was so gross, and I was like, "You're just an idiot." I knew it was coming, and I still like I had to watch through through my fingers. I that kind of stuff like uh, and uh, like this is nowhere near as gross, but like just to show how much that kind of stuff gets to me. Uh, when I watch Pulp Fiction, I look away when uh, John Travolta shoots up, and like the needle goes, the oh blood yeah. goes back up in. Like I look away at that. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Do you have a like a, a fear of needles? Yeah, like, oh, I, okay. I do. Oh, okay. So it like it, it just bothered me. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> right. This scene honestly didn't bother me at all. I <laughs> like literally it, because the whole movie is this, and so the whole thing is just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like at least in Zodiac, there was like new emotions that came out of I it. I think you're breaking Zach. Right I don't now. know what to say to this. <laughs> like, Scott sounds broken already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be on TV, guys. <laughs> also, yeah. what, did they ever explain like what happened with that? Or was it a scam? I like did no. someone actually reach out? No, no, no. I think someone actually reached out. Was to she her. actually gonna be on TV? And they just mm. never sent her the right stuff. It no, just, no, no. It, it just takes, takes a long a time. Long. Yeah, yeah. It just takes a long time. And she she just got over anxious and then addicted to drugs. <laughs> Oh, how long is a while? They I said mean, it could be months. Yeah, and and this takes this takes place over the course of less than a year because we see the the cards telling us like what season we're in, mm-hmm. uh, and so this takes place over a span of less than one year, um, and so it was you know, it took a few months, and then I'm sure by the time she goes in and you know crazy in the. I'm sure they weren't calling her back after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I forgot about the scene where she shows up to the studio. Oh, yeah. And how sad. That that oh. scene in itself is pretty sad, it's too. It's so sad. I don't yeah. know how you forgot about that because you were talking about the train scene. That's where she was going. I know. But, I mean, there's just so many scenes that show her life that just were very sad and impactful that, like, that's not the first one that comes to my mind. Other scenes come to my mind first. Yeah. I also felt like there was too many characters they were trying to like make me like care about. Four? Yeah. <laughs> There's too many? It's three well, too like, many for Scott. Four, it's like, hey, here's four different people that all have super depressing lives. Uh-huh. Like, give me one person with a super depressing life and like give me more of... Like, I didn't have any connection to any of them because I didn't have enough of any of them. I think I had too much of all of them. I, I, I didn't have that issue yeah. with this movie. I just had no reason to care about any of them. Gotcha. <laughs> just n- not I, even just their humanity was enough. I, I feel like if I've heard Scott say no. right now <laughs> that he had no reason to care about any of us. <laughs> you would believe it. You'd yeah. be like, all right, that, that tracks. <laughs> well, no. Well, keep in mind, like, I also was thinking about it being a movie the whole time. Like, I'm not seeing these people as real people. Got it. Okay. Like, it just the whole thing was a whatever experience. Just a miss. Yeah. For sure. This is gonna be. I don't. I don't. We're probably getting there. Uh, but this is. We don't have to get there right now. But I just want to say this is probably going to be the funniest spread that we've. Yeah, ever had. it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Can I also say, just gonna preempt you on something? I have no favorite parts or lines. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like juice, juice, juice. Sarah's got juice. Sarah's got juice. No, like all, the lines that stuck with me uh, make me uncomfortable, or I can't say them on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's and fair. Know that I actually went into this with like, I wanted to like it. Like I was like, okay, bummer summer. I've loved the last two picks. Like those were both really good movies. Yeah, uh, and I really enjoy them, and I do connect with the characters in those movies. And this one was just like, no. I'm not surprised that you don't like the movie. Like, if if anyone were to say like I don't like a movie, Requiem for a Dream makes sense. I think I'm more so just like I can't wrap my head around that you like 
felt nothing from it. That's the part that I don't get. It just felt so forced. Everything felt so forced. Like it, none of it felt real to me. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, all right. I unless um, well, let me think. One one more thing to say is we haven't talked about Keith David. Uh, do we um, need? Do we need yeah, to talk that, about him? That, that's Keith all we David. need to say is that we didn't talk about Keith David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, the guy from the cop show, right? Uh, Keith David's in a lot of stuff. He's probably been in a cop show. <laughs> He's probably been in one <laughs> cop show. He he came in like he showed up on screen, and I was like very temporarily, like pleasantly surprised yeah. to see Keith, David. Like, oh, Keith David. And it then so very like, quickly, oh, it was like, was so ooh, nice yeah, Keith, Keith David, David no, uh, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, I uh, I I do love Keith David as an actor. I think my biggest attachment to Keith David is probably Cloud Atlas. Uh. Like I just oh, yeah. love the characters he plays in Cloud Atlas a lot. Like they're all uh, super ancillary characters, but one yeah, yeah. does a great job. One with of it. the five actors in Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the five actors that plays one of the forty parts. <laughs> yeah. That plays four of the forty parts. I have a, I have a hot take. I think on my my most attached to Keith David role, but it's just because it's what I experienced first. Oh okay. And it is uh, him in Halo Three or him in Halo. Oh, <laughs> he's he's the Arbiter in Halo. Yeah. Um, and he's like one of the deep voiced aliens. Oh okay uh, okay. And I, I play Halo, so even when you said that, I'm like, oh, I I, I know Master Chief. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm in the same boat. And I know yeah, it's not him. <laughs> and I know that, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I know what Master Chief sounds like. But like, whenever I see Keith, Keith David, I think, oh, hey, it's the Arbiter. Like every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how like those like first impressions can they just, just stick, stick with, you. with you. Yeah, yeah. As some of them like it, the, the like actors are screwed by it. Like, when is Daniel Radcliffe not going to be Harry Potter? Yeah, you, you know, know what I think is even worse is Rupert Grant from like all the Harry Potter kids like I think he has it worse like I can uh, only see Ron like I feel like like Emma Watson's definitely broken out of it yeah oh for sure and like like Daniel Radcliffe I think is broken out of it more than Rupert Grint has I think he's just done more maybe but like I will say uh have you watched Servant uh no I think I saw some clips of it and Dude, I just haven't had the time that totally broke Ronald Weasley for me uh, like Rupert Grint out of Ronald Weasley for me wow. same yeah like yeah. it Zach was the one who like convinced me to watch it and it was mostly because of Rupert Grint and uh like I I was really I, I mean it's a fantastic show uh but in particular Rupert Grint does such a good job I need to check it out yeah yeah definitely check that out it is not a bummer well it sort of is it's a bummer. kind of a bummer, kind of a bummer for bummer, sure yeah. I can deal with minor bummer it's a minor but bummer. but it's, a, it's an M. Night Shyamalan bummer so like you know I mean and Rupert Grint is really funny yeah. in it. Like he's always really fun to watch. So there's definitely moments of it where it's like it's kind of fun. Um, and it's yeah, like Tyler said, it's like M Night Shal- Shyamalan, 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 Sh- bummer, Sh- whatever. So it's not like oh, this is real stuff that happens in real life, like addiction. It's totally fantastic. It's like yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, no favorite parts, no favorite lines. Uh, How about you two? I, I mean, I I, I told him I, my favorite part is probably uh, Sarah's Sarah's monologue with Harry. Mm-hmm. I also I I think really loved. Um, I think I really loved Harry. Uh, like, I I I guess I shouldn't say love. I was really impressed by Harry, like by Jared Leto's performance as Harry in the back half of the movie. 
Um, like I think that he, uh, like the whole car trip and you know how his relationship with Marion completely dissolves because of this. Like I think he did that really well. I was super impressed by it. And and I'm I'm with Zach. I think the cinematography is like so impressive. And I I disagree with with Scott uh, on the um, on the editing. I think the editing is, is super evocative. I don't think I said, but um, apparently in like a normal movie, uh, a movie's gonna have like around six to seven hundred cuts, mm-hmm. and this movie had over two thousand. Yeah. A normal movie of, of this a length, lot. right? Yeah, yeah, of this, this length, length yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I I don't think yeah, I... Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sorry, real quick. No, go but for it. To, like, you're right. It makes a ton of sense, especially because of, like, the... Uh, he does... I forget what they're called, but just, like, the the little interludes to, like, in-between scenes in order to, like, show cyclical nature of addiction when it's, like, the... The quick shots yeah. of I like, got tired of seeing that same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for me, like I, I hear you. Yeah. And, the and first couple times valid. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, this is cool. Actually, I really like this. And then after like the eighteenth time, I was like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's I, enough. I, I get what you mean. I understand why. I think for me, like it, it shows the it like the purpose of it is to just show the cyclical nature of things. Yeah. And just make you feel like, and and they happen as the movie goes on. They happen uh, closer and closer together. Like they start out, and you see it a couple of times, and it's pretty spaced out. But as the movie progresses, those sequences happen closer and closer together to like show that this is like becoming more and more and more of a problem for all these people. Um, but yeah, anyway, what do you guys think? Do we? I I was gonna say real quick. I don't have a favorite scene or anything from like a story point of view where like I watched the scene. I'm like, that's a really great scene. I loved it. But like there were like moments of uh, like maybe there were more. um, What am I trying to say? The emphasis was a little bit more on the like cinematography that I really enjoyed. Like um, you mentioned when um, Tyrone is running from the cops and the camera's fixed on his face. Or um, like I mentioned earlier when um, Marion is leaving that guy's apartment in that really claustrophobic hallway. Yeah. I really love just the way that those scenes looked and made me feel. Yeah. Enjoyed them. You enjoyed the way they made you feel? Yeah. I have a I have Not like a smallish walk in closet. If I could just <laughs> lock you in there, would you be pretty into it? Probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's give it a shot. It as long feel? as yeah. as long as you attached story to it, then yes. Okay. Yeah. You have to you have to compel it with some. It's story. not that I like I enjoy the feeling, but I enjoy the fact that like a film can put me in that feeling that like it can make me experience something other than just like entertainment. You know, just like I'm just killing two hours. You know, like I, right. I like when a movie can do something more than just entertain me. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and in particular, I think maybe what you're saying with those things is. Like so, if I'm putting words in your mouth, let me know. But for me, at least, uh, I really love and appreciate when a movie can tell me something without telling me something. Yeah, definitely. Like when it can when it can convey an emotion through cinematography, through editing, that they're not just explicitly explicitly telling, you. telling me in dialogue. Um, I I I think one of the things I hate most in movies is like lazy exposition mm-hmm. uh like find a find a better way to either tell me give me backstory or 
make me feel something. Um, and I think that you do that in like writing in pace, you know, or in tone or in, you know, lots of different ways in perspective. And I think that in film, like one of the, like some of the best ways to do that are in score, they're in cinematography, they're in the editing room and in color choice. And I feel like this movie fires on all cylinders on those things for me. Yeah, I would agree with you. Bring what do you say, guys? We bring it home. Let's rate it. Yeah, let's do it. At, what I feel like we need to go like rock paper scissors for who goes first because this is just going to be. I think everyone who's think, listening to this I wants think, to I know. Think we'll, we're going to do shout it, it all out at here's, the same time. Here's my thoughts. <laughs> okay, and here's actually one of my thoughts. I think going forward, I think oh, which makes right. a lot of sense. Whoever's movie it is rates first, okay, so they they don't have a chance to try to balance with over or underrating based <laughs> off what other people did. That's good. And then based off of the episode, the against would then go next. And then whoever was like on that, the original side would go last. So in this case, it would be like Zach, me and Jake, then Tyler. I'm good with that. Sure. Okay. I'm going to give this movie a nine. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> a four? <laughs> you said this is a good movie, didn't you? No. Oh, no. You, no. I said, I think I said it was a good movie. movie. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Jeez. I actually pre-already typed mine in. I gave it a 4.8. Wow, I didn't expect Scott to rate it higher than Jake. Yeah, I did. Uh, but I'm going to give this movie an 8.9. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, 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 I'll I, tell you what. Honestly, I will say, I'm sorry, before oh, you, okay. I, I thought, Jake, I, I'm surprised by how high you rated this. I got t- I, I got talked up a little bit. You guys talked about some stuff. I uh, initially I was gonna give it in the threes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I was expecting. Like a, when when I finished it, I was like that was about a three point five. Yeah, but then you guys talked some more, and I was like I can't just say three point five. I was actually at four point eight originally. Like uh-huh. I was, I, we sat down to do the episode, I typed out four point eight. Yeah, you guys were talking a little bit. I actually brought it up to a five point eight. Oh, and then more discussion happened. Then I came back down to a four. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. This Appreciate is like you. Scott with Birdman. It is like. <laughs> Scott with Birdman. Like, uh, you I almost convinced me on in it. In good conscience, couldn't put it higher than uh, There Will Be Blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, that well, makes that's sense. That's be my crust. That's, my that's crutch. Your, the, your, your floor. Yeah. Is I, you know what, Scott? <laughs> the bottom floor is so crunchy. <laughs> the top floor is so... <laughs> I Scott, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say from all of us, you you can just in your scales when you're weighing things, you can throw out your There Will Be Blood rating and you can, can stop thinking about I it. I can't. All right. Uh, well, all right. I, I tried you to give tried, you an out. You tried. You gave him an I'm out. I'm still going to try to... I mean, I, I still put this in my l- lower movies. This is like my third or fourth lowest rated. Mm. Um, just because of how disconnected I was from the whole thing. I, I see a lot of the technical aspects, and I think they did execute all the things they did what they wanted, which is why I still gave it more. Yeah. If it was just off of pure like enjoyment, I would have given this like a one. It's just none of it worked for you specifically. Yeah. 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 For sure. I would watch Child's Play again before I would watch this again. Oh, oh my god. I would too. I would, too. Yeah. I would too. I mean, oh, I would not. I would I would watch Child's Play. Well, if here's the said, thing. Here's the thing though. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If someone on. told me you can watch Requiem for a Dream once a quarter or Child's Play once a week, I would <laughs> choose Child's Play once a week. Here's here's the thing. I might agree with that, but for very different reasons because Requiem for a Dream for me requires so much like energy, attention, investment, 
emotion where child's play i can text through the whole thing you know what i mean i can like play solitaire while watching child's play child's play made me feel grosser than this movie <laughs> oh, no. i i despised it Child's Play was a, a trash movie for oh for yeah sure. yeah 100 it was trash but it like i think i probably I if say, a movie's gonna make me feel nauseous it'd be child's play before this i will say this though child's play is a hundred percent more a movie you absolutely should have seen than requiem for a dream i but uh, not for good reasons just for I, like being so well known and like yeah. Used oh, I know. And utilized in I pop know. culture. I feel about this movie, and this is going to be the most obscure Lord of the Rings reference I could probably justify making on this podcast. But there's there's a part <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings where Sam talks to Gollum about elephants, elephants, and then Gollum says, "I don't want to see them. I don't want them to be." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up Lord of the Rings. I forgot to say the um the main song from the, like the the song that everyone knows from this the movie. Theme. Uh, has I been used. From this, by the yeah, way. yeah, exactly. Like everyone's heard it. It's been used in so many things. In one of them being the Two Towers trailer, but it also been it's been used in a ton of other trailers. Video yeah. games, it feels trailers. more yeah. at home. To me, it feels more at home in those settings. Definitely. If, if you would have put this at the end of like Inception and like the the big yeah. scene, I'd be like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I will say this: this movie has now made me enjoy that soundtrack less. Like I <laughs> actually really liked yeah. that. Like soundtrack. It was so song. good. It's it really so good. good. It's so epic. It's yeah. so big. It evoked way more emotion in me than any part of the movie did. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I also, fair. before we sign off, I do just want to say that this movie also made Steven Schneider's A Thousand One Movies that you need to see before you die. Dude, yeah. So does my next pick. Yeah. Which is? Uh, Unforgiven. But we're going to hold off on that one, right? And we're going to. Yeah, because uh, we got out of order. Ha- ha- half the party uh, wasn't able to watch it. Yeah, sorry. I mean, oh, no, I don't I don't blame yeah. you. We, we had we had every intention to watch it. But it's no. my fault. I was uh, hanging out using our HR guy's trailer and I pushed it into a tree. <laughs> and so I lost about five hours that I was going to utilize for watching a movie. <laughs> and so I had to call up these guys not and be like hey can we not do another one not only five hours but all of the emotion that you could have possibly had yeah true <laughs> after it was all drained already from Re- requiem from the previous day well requiem and then the the emotion of, of the tree the tree yeah. well the accident i was yeah. i was yeah. so done with life yesterday <laughs> Anyways, that's that's fair we're gonna go to a more uplifting easygoing movie <laughs> next week we're going straight from bummer summer from requiem <laughs> to Wally. <laughs> <laughs> I will say right now that uh, that I think that Wally's a bigger bummer than Requiem for a Dream. I'm just gonna go there. Well, let's let's oh, save it for next week. I I'm so interested in finding out how it's a bigger bummer, but let's let's do it. Jake, uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I just don't. No. <laughs> Like when you're like super <laughs> de- like uh, like menacing, you're also really quiet. <laughs> Could anyone hear that? Maybe I'm sure it was. Which, which, <laughs> we, which should I redo it? <laughs> I think so. Redo well, it, but let's leave it all in. Let's just keep going. We can go back and redo it later. If we need <laughs> okay, to. if we need to. <laughs> what, what we'll do is we'll just we'll, we'll add it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do another. D- should I just let let me just do another take right now, and we'll just leave and everything leave it all in. Live? Yeah. 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 
All right. Let's, All right. Let's hear your good. best your best take. Sounds good. All oh, right. wait. We're going to do the music again? Oh, yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> that music is really long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tots. I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> also, I think I screwed up on the cues. I think I hit accidentally uh, last week's uh, as well was in there. So, my bad. All right, here we yes. go. You ready, Zach? I'm ready. Now I gotta cut loose. Put loose. Nice. It, it did it happen? <laughs> 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 we don't. We don't have headphones. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hear what was happening. It happened. So, <laughs> so far, great start. <laughs> All right, I think we need to scrap this. <laughs> yeah, let's scrap it. Let's scrap it. I like it so far. <laughs> no. right, Can we on. release this as bonus content? Yeah, put, it, put, it the, put it at the end of the episode. We'll just release this on Instagram. I think what we do <laughs> okay. is... No, I actually like Zach's idea. Let's just put all this audio after we close out the last song. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Bye, Tots. <laughs> <laughs>